Well, hey, Merry Christmas, family of God. Uh, I hope that you are encouraged and that your souls are doing well. A Christmas Eve gathering unlike any other, and hopefully unlike any other in the future, too, because if we in this mess next year, then there's going to be some words said that I can't really say in front of my child, all right? And so, uh, but I'm excited that we get to, in some ways, remember Christ together regardless. And so we're going to be looking at a really short passage today and just spending a few minutes really reflecting on the realities of Christmas together. And so Matthew chapter 2 is where we're going to be. Go ahead and grab your Bibles and flip over there. And as you're turning there, I want to give a little bit of context. This is actually about two years after the birth of Christ. And so if you've been at the well for a few years, many of you may have remembered this. If not, sorry to ruin your little nativity set, but that mug is whack, all right? (laughs) They weren't there at the birth, okay? And so these wise men, they come later. But nonetheless, what we actually see is we see the nations being drawn into this baby boy, believing that he is the Savior of the world, believing that he is the Messiah that could come, believing that he is the promised one that everybody has been waiting for. The wise men have traveled from afar to bring this child gifts, and that is an astounding thing when you really think about the reality of it, okay? Now, I have a question, okay, particularly for Ethan and for Micaiah, all right? What is your favorite part of Christmas? And you can be real. You don't got to be like spiritual because your dad's in here, okay? (laughs) What's your favorite thing about Christmas? Listening to the Bible. When Jesus is getting born. Wow, that is such a good pastor's daughter answer. I love it and I love you. What's your favorite thing? Gifts. Gifts. There we go. I love it. Who doesn't like presents, right? Like, if they didn't say that, that was going to ruin my illustration. So, uh, look, my wife loves getting gifts. She also loves giving gifts. My budget will tell you that, okay? And so, gifts are really, really special. Our hearts are actually drawn towards them because ultimately our God is the best gift giver. And he gave us the gift of his son. So there's a reason why we actually enjoy that in Christmas. It's actually been hardwired in us to design desire gifts because we're actually desiring the greatest thing, the Son of God. And so the idea of giving gifts at Christmas actually originated in this story in Matthew chapter 2. And so I'm going to have one of the most beautiful girls in the whole entire world read that for us, Micaiah, uh, in Matthew chapter 2. So go ahead, you can read that. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, her mother, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Awesome. Thank you, baby girl. That's what I like. Um, Now, hey, there's all of this emotion in the text, right? If you look again there, they rejoiced. But not just rejoiced, they rejoiced exceedingly, the text says. In fact, they rejoiced with joy, which rejoicing implies joy. So really, this is just repetitive in a sense. And they didn't just have joy, they had great joy, is what the text here says. There's all of this emotion wrapped up in the wise men coming, realizing that he was the savior of the world. And this stirred up their heart's affections for him. You see, uh, we are to love Christmas because it's actually a reminder that God loves us. 
and that he sees us and that he wants relationship with us, that he has not forgotten us, that he wants to deliver us and bring us into intimacy with him. In fact, what we see in this story is that the king came down to be a servant so that we, his servants, might be princes and princesses of the king of the universe. And the king is now a child, but one day this child will be the eternal ruler and we who believe in him will rule with him just as these wise men who portrayed as kings are even ruling on the earth right there. And so these wise men, these magi, they come to see a one or a two-year-old boy here, okay? Now, Anthony, your son is two, right, Asher? Yeah. Okay, great. So, uh, Ethan, another question for you. If a bunch of people dressed in all these robes, right, if they just rolled up into your crib, your house, okay, and they came in and they started bowing down and worshiping Asher, what would you do? Exactly. You don't know because that would be crazy, right? That would be a wild sight. Okay, this is a crazy scene when you think about it. Jesus is probably barely walking, right, with Mary, and then all of a sudden these exuberant men come in and bow down and worship a two-year-old, and they start bowing down, really probably like a one-year-old at this point, and worshiping him. And it says that they opened their treasures, that text says, which means they brought gifts that were extremely valuable. So these weren't five below gifts, all right? <laughs> they were at least target gifts. You tracking with me, all right? It's a minimum. And so they offered the gifts to him then. Notice that word choice there. You see, Matthew could have actually chose to use the word give gifts to Jesus or presented gifts to Jesus, but instead it says the word offered. They offered these gifts to God, really performing an act of worship in this moment as they are offering these gifts before the newborn king. And this child would one day actually offer himself as the true gift, and he would become the offering on our behalf that we might be reconciled to God. And so I love that idea here. Here they are offering gifts to a child, but this child would offer himself that we might become children of God. It is good news of Christmas. And then they offer these interesting gifts, right? Which there are uh, several interesting things that are happening in verse 11, but I want to highlight two of them specifically as we ready our hearts for Christmas for tomorrow. First of all, these magi, they're actually fulfilling scripture. In Isaiah chapter 60, verse 3 and verse 6, you'll see it on the screen, but it says, And the nation shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah, all from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. And so God is true to his promise, y'all. Spoken 500 years before the actual birth of Christ, we see a prophecy about these kings or these wise men that would come and offer gifts, gold and frankincense, to this child. So family of God, as you are celebrating Christmas, would you remember that this year? that Jesus is faithful, y'all. He is faithful and God does deliver on his promise. Listen, I know that this year may have been difficult as you think about 2020 holistically, but actually the context of the story is written in great, great difficulty. You heard last week how there's poverty in this family and in the context of this story, Herod gets jealous and actually kills every single male child under two years old. There's all of this drama in the midst of the story, but just because because it is hard does not mean that our God is not faithful. He is faithful always, and God will always, always, 
always fulfill his word, family of God. Not a single word will fall void. God is faithful to his promises forever and always. And we see it most plainly in the sending of his son, that he would deliver us from our sin. And all of the anticipation of us being reconciled to God is met at the moment where he gives his son to us. God is faithful to his promises, family of God. He will always fulfill. But secondly, think about the gifts that they offered here. Because if we've ever thought about the reality of what's really going on, it's actually a fascinating thing when we really think about it. Gold is actually what you gave to kings as a gift because it was the most valuable thing, this high pricely thing here. Frankincense was actually used in offerings. In other words, it was handled by priests often. And so specifically when you were making an offering to a deity, you would put frankincense in the midst of it because of the beauty of the smell back in the day. And myrrh was used also in offerings, but also in burials. So translation for us here, Jesus was the king that was also a deity that became a man who was also our priest and yet was to be offered as a sacrifice himself on our behalf. This is an astounding, prophetic thing that's happening here. These aren't just random gifts that they thought smelled good, right? He was a king that was worthy of the purest gold, family of God. And we see that goal being brought to him. He was also a priest that was worthy of all frankincense to be offered to him because he's not just a man, but he's also God. But he also became a man who would end up dying on our behalf. John chapter 19 saying that myrrh was literally buried in his burial robes with him. As they layered his body with myrrh to prepare him for death, we see this king, this magi, actually preparing him for death at his birth at this moment. And so we really, we give gifts at Christmas because we're actually mimicking the Magi who gave gifts to Jesus. Ultimately, those gifts, they pointed to an even greater reality as well, that Jesus, though worthy of all gifts, would ultimately become the gift for us that he would ultimately lay down his life on our behalf. When Jesus was dying on the cross, he was giving us a gift, literally his perfection, family, that we might become children of God, that anybody who places their faith in Jesus, anybody who trusts in Jesus, anybody who desires a relationship with Jesus would actually be like these magi and come before him and long for him. God would actually give himself to them. That as these magi worship Jesus, they realized, though being wise men, they were unworthy to stand in his presence. And yet, even there, they were beckoned in and able to worship a king. And even though you and I are unable and unworthy to stand in his presence, he beckons us in and lets us worship him as a king. And not only is he a king, but he makes us princes and princesses one day to rule with him. This is the greatest story of all time, y'all. This is the story of the king that laid down his life. You know, these wise men, they're called magi, and really rightly so in a lot of ways, because you actually probably would have thought that they were kind of insane for worshiping a child, right? Once again, if you think about what's going on here, these rich men are bowing down to an infant, to a baby here. What is going on at this moment that literally God had revealed to them that they were not just worshiping a child, they were actually worshiping God wrapped in flesh, that deity has come down to dwell amongst us. And listen, family of God, if God has revealed to you who Jesus is, you're also not just bowing down to a random thing. You're bowing down to the God of the universe. And though you may not see him physically, you will see him forever one day. 
Our eyes will forever be upon him. And here is the beautiful gift of Christmas that, man, God has actually given us Jesus, the greatest gift of all, that these magi were bringing gifts to the one that they loved, and God is actually giving gifts to the ones that he loves, us. And he gave us the gift of his son. And so I pray that this Christmas that would stir your heart's affection for him. And listen, if you don't know Jesus, that that would actually call you into a relationship with him, that the God of the universe wants a relationship with you, that Jesus came to be broken, that all things were broken, might be put back together if we but give our lives to him. And he beckons us just like the wise men so we can be that come and find relationship with God. And so I pray that this Christmas, we would actually see the greater meaning of Christmas, that it wouldn't just be about getting gifts or eating certain food or wearing really ugly sweaters, which I don't know why y'all be doing that, all right, right? But then we would actually see that, look, this God that was a king became a man, became dead, and yet resurrected so that we who were dead in our sin might one day resurrect as well and live forever with him. And that gifts would actually remind us of the greater gift in Christ. We give gifts to our loved ones and he has given a gift to the one that he loves you. He has given you the gift of his son that you might actually love him forever. And so even as you unwrap presents tomorrow morning, or maybe even virtually do it, or maybe even you're just sitting there with your coffee tomorrow, would you remember that God has given you the greatest gift in the world? And as you unwrap your Bible, or as you spend time in prayer, or as you maybe even are watching this and unwrapping who Christ is, would you realize the beautiful gift that's been given in the Son? He loves you, family of God. Let that be the reality forever in your heart. And where it's not, pray that it is even tonight. Amen? Amen. Hey, I love you guys like crazy. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we thank you for the reality of Christmas and that regardless of even our circumstance, that maybe even tonight our hearts would actually worship you. They would love you and find affection in you. And gosh, I just, I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that you became a gift for us. God, I I thank you. Gosh, I thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the gift, Father, of your Son. Son, thank you for the gift of your Spirit. Spirit of God, thank you for gifts upon gifts upon gifts, fruit in our life, and gifts that we can serve you with, and ways that you are transforming us into the image of Christ himself. Thank you. God, I pray that you would truly fill everybody listening right now with hope, with love, with joy, and with peace all because we are centering around you, Christ. You are the center of it all. And I pray that we would find our all in you. God, thank you for this Christmas. Thank you for every Christmas. Thank you that for those of us who believe in you, we're not just thinking about you one day of the year. Every single day is like a gift that you have given us. And I pray that whether it is December or July or September or whatever, that we would remember the beauty and the mystery and the majesty that God put on flesh dwelt among us. Gosh, let us love you, Jesus. Even as we sing this last song, would this be our gift to you? Would this be our offering to you? We don't have gold to bring before you or frankincense or myrrh, but we have our voices. 
and our presence. And so would you accept this as a gift and an offering to you, even right now, our worthy, worthy King. We pray this in your very beautiful name. Amen.